Together we are Wendell Radio. We are two sisters located in Kentucky in the United States and we have a pretty great subject for a podcast. So we were like, hey, let's make a podcast about it. So that's (laughs) what we're doing. We are here to discuss the amazing, the epic fairy tale fantasy made for TV miniseries, The Tenth Kingdom. Best movie miniseries ever. For sure. This was a miniseries written by Catherine Wesley, which is the pseudonym of writing duo Christine Catherine Rush and Dean Wesley Smith. It was produced by Britain's Carnival Films, Germany's Babelsberg Film, and the U.S.'s Hallmark Entertainment. In the U.S., it aired on NBC in February of 2000, 20 years ago now. Wow. 21 almost. They showed two-hour episodes over five nights and then released it on VHS in May 2000, and it was on three VHS tapes. The miniseries was directed by David Carson and Herbert Wise, and the screenplay was written by the great Simon Moore. The Tenth Kingdom stars a variety of amazing actors and tells of a young woman and her father um, after they are transported from New York City through a magic mirror into a parallel world of fairy tales where they have to face all sorts of obstacles as they try to find a way home. Wendell Radio will take you through the entire journey from start to finish as we rewatch about 45 minutes of the movie at a time and regale you with our commentary. <laughs> our goal is to share our love of this miniseries with you as we rewatch it and finally have an outlet where it's appropriate for us to talk about all of our thoughts on the Tenth Kingdom. <laughs> finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs> Long time coming. So we didn't get to watch it when it aired on TV as a miniseries. Brianna, do you want to share how this movie came into our lives? Yeah, sure. So picture it. 2001. I was in sixth grade. I was in fourth grade? Fourth grade. Okay. And I had a friend from band named Ashley. And Ashley and I would frequent the sleepover scene at each other's (laughs) houses. And so one time I went over to her house for a sleepover and she was like, oh, let's watch this and pulled out like a three VHS tape set of the 10th Kingdom. And we watched it. We stayed up all night long watching it. And I asked to borrow it and took it home and watched it <laughs> again. <laughs> and that was like, well, we had bedtimes, obviously. So, like, I couldn't keep watch it all night long. It was like 10 hours. So, like, 9 o'clock or 8 o'clock or whenever we had to go to bed in sixth grade, um, we would. But then I would get up at, like, 4 a.m. and continue watching it because I didn't have a wake-up time. Genius. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> so, anyway, then fell in love with it. We got it on VHS ourselves, I think, and shortly after, maybe on DVD. Um, and I think we both have copies of the DVD and the Blu-ray nowadays. Yes, I actually am sitting on two copies of the DVDs and one Blu-ray copy. So <laughs> nice. We got three just in case. <laughs> I always buy one at the store just in case like my other ones go bad or something. So we're going to um, just, yeah, basically take you through as we rewatch this classic, amazing series. Um, the format of the show will kind of like just talk about the 45 minutes of plot. We'll review, um, you know, everything from the plot, the fashion, the music, the CGI, the fairy tales, and everything else basically you've been craving to hear two random sisters talk about in regard to your favorite TV miniseries. (laughs) We'll also have special guest appearances from our family members, 
most of whom have not seen the show apart from <laughs> watching it in the background as we've watched it over the past 20 years. <laughs> but yeah, if you um, have any insight or want to share your love of the series with us, email us at WendellRadio10. That's WendellRadio10 at gmail.com. So yes, shall we uh, go ahead and just get started and jump right in? Let's do it. The beginning, opening 45 minutes are probably some of the best. <laughs> I would say so too. Probably the, the most watched of any of the show. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this is also a movie that we start a lot, and then you don't necessarily make it through all 10 hours every time you try to watch it. So the first 45 minutes that we've seen, I'd say at least, oh gosh, dozens of times, hundreds of times. Hundreds perhaps. at this point. Yeah, and once the DVD ends, it's a little hard to get up, you know, off the couch or the bed and stick that second one in, so. Yeah. So sometimes you just restart it over. <laughs> so we'll have a lot of analysis for this first chunk. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, let's dive right into it. <clears throat> we'll set the scene for us, Brianna. Where do we start off? All right, picture it. They probably filmed in like 1999 because it was released <laughs> in early 2000. So this is 1999, <laughs> New York City. And we hear a girl. Her name's Virginia. And she's giving a voiceover as we zoom in over Central Park. And she says that she, her name's Virginia and she lives on the edge of the forest um, AKA Central Park. And, uh, she's like talking about getting ready for work and like how she's like permanently in between boyfriends. She's a waitress at the girl in the park. She says all she needs in life is a good man who's interested in food and she wouldn't be so miserable. Basically. Um, we get introduced to her dad, um, Tony, who is a janitor. She lives with him and yeah, she is grabbing her bike. Um, she's walking it to the elevator where you can see Tony is fixing the elevator. Um, and he like, they're just chatting and he, she's telling him like, oh, yo, I made you dinner. And then uh, he's like lamenting about having to fix the electrical, even though he's just the janitor of this building. <laughs> yeah, he does, definitely doesn't seem qualified to be messing with the electrical in that building. Yeah. But whatever. this is a great scene because we get to um, set the stage for their kind of relationship, how the dynamics work between them. Obviously, Virginia is taking care of Tony. <laughs> yeah. He can't microwave his own rib dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which Tony comments on, but... Anyway. <laughs> so then <clears throat> we get whisked out of New York <clears throat> and then all of a sudden we are taken to a castle. It's a prison and some text comes up and it says Snow White Memorial Prison, Fourth Kingdom, 6.02 p.m. By the way, this is like the only time in the whole show where they have like these, like sometimes they'll say like Fourth Kingdom or whatever, but it's like on a sign or something. It's not like text at the bottom. Yeah, I was really <laughs> concerned the first time I watched this that I was going to have to be really paying attention to the times. Yeah. And for ten, a 10 hour movie, I felt like it was going to be way too much to try to remember. So I'm glad they kind of got rid of it. But yeah, they scrapped that after the second time. <laughs> they maybe should have just left it out, but that's okay. <laughs> so, so uh, there are other Snow White Memorial Prison, um, there's like an invisible force that knocks out a guard and hits him with some like parkly, sparkly pink dust and then takes the keys. Um, and then it switches to like a scene of a carriage in the, and it has text on the screen that says Outer Provinces, Fourth Kingdom, 603. So a minute later, folks, <laughs> um, Prince Wendell, who we learn is the, um, we don't learn this now, we learn this later. He is the grandson of Snow White, and he is about to be crowned king of the Fourth Kingdom. And he's heading to Beantown and is making a stop at the South or the Snow White Memorial Prison. Um, he's with a guy named Giles. <laughs> His 
manservant Giles, yep. <laughs> yeah. And the carriage headed to the Snow White Memorial Prison, and then they're headed to Beantown after that? I think so. Um, so Giles tells him that his stepmother, who we learn is the evil queen, um, she has applied for parole. Um, and we also learn in this scene that Wendell is kind of shitty. He's pompous. He's like, oh, these people are so common. <laughs> and he doesn't want to go, like, meet and greet with the people, good, the good people of Beantown. <laughs> yeah, his he's well kind of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he just, like, wants to go hunting and stuff and, like, do, like, fun things and not necessarily, like, care about, you know. He seems very selfish right off the bat. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's a young royal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that we can expect too much out of him just yet, but it was a little disheartening. To know that he was less than enthused for his gift from Beantown. Yeah. But you know what? He'll grow. As we'll see (laughs) over the next ten hours. So, show's back inside. There's an invisible guy. He's wearing magic shoes that make him invisible. Um, He takes them off, and then he turns into none other than Ed O'Neill playing Relish the Troll King. Love the Troll King. (laughs) He's there to rescue his three troll children, who we'll meet in a second. (laughs) Um, okay, so now we switch back to New York City, and uh, we see as Virginia is hopping in the elevator with her bike to go to work, Tony's boss, whose name is um, Murray. Murray. Murray is like a total douche, and him and his son are there to like bully Tony and like <laughs> berate <son>. him, <laughs> wearing a three-piece suit. Yeah, they're both wearing three-piece suits. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. It just adds to the pompousness of it. <laughs> so they like, uh, he's like berating Tony for like not fixing this stupid elevator. Not having a, <laughs> yeah, a like, license for mechanical engineering. Yeah, to know how to fix this fucking thing. <laughs> so it's like, he has some wildly inaccurate expectations of what a janitor does, but whatever. Um, so he's like, Tony, fix this or you're fired and quit making all these excuses. And Tony's like, okay, sir, yeah, yeah. And Virginia's like, okay, bye, dad. <laughs> And she heads off to work. <clears throat> so we go back to the tenth king or to the fairy tale kingdoms, the fourth kingdom, um, and we see the evil queen, played by the wonderful, Oscar-winning actress Diane Weist. Um, she is Wendell's stepmom, and she is like in a prison cell. She summons the Troll King, so the Troll King and the kids go to her cell, and there's, like, a really great bit where they, like, have, um, like, all these signs that pop up, like, no, don't take one step closer, <laughs> and, like, a thing that says, like, um, has, looks like a food tray, like, place all food here for prisoner. Yeah, it's, like, a little basket that comes down from <laughs> yeah. the ceiling. That's a great part. And then, uh, they, like, ignore that walk around and go say hi to the evil queen. They have only the best security measures in place. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so then Wendell and the, his Giles footman guy arrive. Um, and they hop out. And then, actually, no, Wendell just waits in the carriage and then Giles a few minutes. So then Wendell leaves the carriage and goes inside and is starting to look for Giles. Um, but you see that Giles has been impaled and stuck on the wall. Like, in like some I don't know swords or something. Yeah, some, or some kind spikes of spi- that are on the wall. Spikes. Yeah. Decorative spikes in the prison wall. <laughs> Security spikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Giles be dead, and now Wendell's like, "What the hell's going on?" And then the troll kids and Wendell scrap. Um, <laughs> the troll kids subdue Wendell. There's three of them, and their physical comedy is just like super great. It's like the Three Stooges. Yes. It's classic. Um, so they're like scrapping and stuff. They subdue Wendell and then out walks the evil queen with her dog. He's like a, 
um, golden retriever. Golden retriever. And um, she says it's a magical dog, but I feel like, is he a magical dog? Anyway, I don't know. I don't think he has magic. I think she, the evil queen imbues. Oh yeah, her did, magic like a spell. Him, or yeah. Whatever. Okay. So then the dog like jumps on Wendell. And they Freaky Friday it. Actually, they don't even Freaky Friday it. Freaky <laughs> Friday is when, like, you have two bodies and you switch, like, the insides. Yeah. They, like, morph into, like, like... Animorphs. Yeah, it's like Animorphs. <laughs> yeah, like... And the CGI here, folks, I mean, it was probably great in 2000. It doesn't really live up to it. <laughs> that is, but it's not bad. It but it shows, yeah, it shows Wendell, like, slowly, like, curl into himself and, like, become a dog face and stuff. And then it shows the dog sprout like human features and like become a man so now Wendell the prince is in the dog's body and the dog's soul is in prince's body and something that I don't know that we ever learn is like so later like Virginia calls the dog prince um but like was that what the queen named the dog like it never says the, the dog's name right I don't think it does. I think that was just supposed to show, like, Virginia's intuition, maybe. Or the fact that Prince is royal and he even is acting royal as a dog yeah. in dog form. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. No, they never really share if the queen ever even named her pet dog. Yeah. So. Oh, and then the queen tells, like, a really horrible joke, but it's funny. Oh, God, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. So Wendell's in, a, in the dog body now, and he's, like, on all fours. And she says, come, come, Prince Wendell. You don't greet people on all fours, do you? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone, like, psychotically laughs. Yes, the trolls freaking love this joke for some reason. <laughs> so then Wendell in the dog's body, like, is like, okay, GTFO. And he runs away. <laughs> and then the troll kids start chasing after him. So we've got Wendell running, the troll kids chasing after him, like the Three Stooges. Yeah, and then uh, the now her dog, who's in Prince Wendell's body, it's like such great acting. It's so funny, and like the whole the whole rest <laughs> of the movie, he's basically like you know like an awkward dog in a human body. So he's real upset that his tail is gone. <laughs> Absolutely, he wants a squishy ball, or yeah, and later he wants. Um, bones and stuff yeah (laughs) it is quality acting he does a great job (laughs) so they're all running around the prison it switches back to virginia who's riding her bike through central park in order to get to work and she's talking about like how quiet and boring her life is and about how some people are just destined for a quiet life including her um then it switches back to the prison and we see the evil queen walking around and uh, you can see, like, a bunch of prisoners in their various cells, and they're all, like, calling out to her and stuff. And they have, like, notices on the door for, like, what crimes they committed. Yeah, we asked some heinous crimes, too. Yeah, we, uh, we paused it, and one says elf slaying, so presumably that was, like, you know, like, elf murder spree, which is sad. Yeah, and uh, puppy slaying. Puppy slaying, yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of slaying going on. <laughs> and carving, which we'll hear more about yeah. later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, she, like, stops in front of this one door, and there's, like, a guy in there. It is the beautiful, the amazing Scott Cohen, um, playing Wolf. wolf. He's a half-wolf named Wolf. Not really (laughs) sure if that's his full name. (laughs) Later, he says his name is, well, he's making up a name, but he says it's Warren Wolfson. Yeah. So, like, but anyway, we just call him Wolf the whole time, and presumably that's his first and last name. (laughs) 
<laughs> and he's half wolf. <laughs> so she agrees to release him if he agrees to obey her without question. And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever, get me out of the cell. <laughs> so do she. We, do we know what his crime was? Did we see his. No, cell? it didn't say on his cell, and I don't think he ever reveals why he was in prison. I don't think so either. Hmm. Um, if we're wrong, though, please submit a comment. Yeah, if you know why Wolf was in jail or what his actual name was, uh, email us at wendellradio10 at gmail.com. I've been wondering this for like 20 years <laughs> yeah. now. I really would love an answer. <laughs> so then she's like, he's like, sure, yeah, let me out and I'll, you know, be your servant or whatever. And uh, she's like, okay, but you have to give your will to me and be hers to summon and control. And this will all come up later, folks. Um, he's like, okay, sure. So then the troll kids are looking, wolf's looking, they're all chasing this dog around the prison. I don't know where any of the guards are. They're still asleep, hit by troll dust. They, they dusted all of them? Yes, everybody. Okay. Um, later when they come to, there's a comment made by one of the guards to the prison warden and he says, Mm -hmm. I think the men have been out for two days or something. Oh yeah, because there is a prisoner who says like, we haven't had any food since yesterday. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, who, when they're begging the queen to release them, yeah, mm-hmm. they're all starving in their cells. Mm, okay. So, okay, that makes sense then. They're just, because they're making a racket running around this prison. <laughs> yeah, they're not being stealthy at no. all. So, Wendell and the dog body, like, runs down. I'm going to quit saying in the dog body. When I refer to Wendell, just know that he's in the dog body. <laughs> um, Wendell, uh, he goes down to the basement type area. And there's, like, a bunch of old junk down there. And so he's, like, jumping around, like, trying to, like, get out of here. And he exposes and turns on a magic mirror. And then um, Wolf, like, is, like, comes into the room. And then the Wendell, like, just, like, decides, okay, I'm just going to try to jump through this mirror. And he does. Anyway, in this mirror, you can see Virginia riding her bike. So then Wendell, like, leaps into the magic mirror. And turns out it's a traveling mirror. And it takes us through a bunch of mirrors. And it goes, crash, 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 crash. I love that so, noise. Yeah, me too. I was thinking that noise. <laughs> so then he like jumps out in Central Park and he runs right in front of Virginia and she hits him with her bike. They both hit the ground and now they're both seemingly unconscious. What are the odds? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then Wolf steps through the mirror and he's like looking at NYC. He's like, wow. And then he like runs away like to find them. He's really not phased at all, but... No, he's really not. He's like very adaptable. He is. Maybe that's just a wolfy quality. Yeah. Um, the three trolls also step through the mirror, and this is where we get our first iteration of the classic curse. Suck an elf! Oh, suck an elf. <laughs> <laughs> Which we've said many a time over the years. Oh, yes. Um, Their catchphrases are yeah. amazing throughout <laughs> the whole movie. Suck an elf is definitely the top one. <laughs> so the three trolls, they marvel at New York City and claim it in the name of the Troll Nation. <laughs> and they name it, since there's nine kingdoms where they're from, they name New York City in, like, our dimension um, the Tenth Kingdom. And that's where we get the name! Cool. Bum, bum, bum. I was wondering where that came from. <laughs> yeah, right there. <laughs> okay, so let me switch back to the Snow White Memorial Prison. And we see the Queen and the Troll King are making a deal. She says she'll give him half of the Fourth Kingdom to rule over if he lends her his three kids to find Wendell. The Troll King asks, um, like, what her overall plan is, but she doesn't say. Um, so you know this bitch is up to something, because she's not revealing anything to this guy. Totally. He's totally a pawn. Side note, what's the Queen's name? I know we know it later, but everyone just refers to her as the Queen. But, like, even... The Troll King is Relish the Troll King. 
Oh, that's true. So they never refer to her as like we eventually find out what her name is, but we can't say now because spoilers. I guess. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, who wrote these or the original Snow White and stuff? Oh yeah, maybe. The, well, so the evil queen from Snow White is named like Grimhilda or something. Oh, okay. Well, that's. But this not is it. yeah. And this, folks, just to catch you up on all the fairy tale stuff, this is like after the happily ever afters of like the main like fairy tale heroines. So like this is Snow White's grandson's evil stepmom. Yeah, so, not Snow White's evil stepmom. Right, but she, but the, the Prince Wendell's evil stepmom was trained by Snow White's evil stepmom, which we learn later. Yes, she's her apprentice. So but anyway, apprentice. everyone just calls her the Queen. We don't <laughs> know her name queen. yeah at this point. Maybe it's kind of like Voldemort. Like they don't even want to say her name. <laughs> yeah, so evil. Yeah, or something. <laughs> they just call her the Queen. Yeah, I'm a Queen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's switch us back to Virginia. She's, like, lying on the ground. She comes to. <laughs> she makes sure the dog is okay. Because she's like, oh, my God, I just hit this dog. Um, and also, her bike is so fucked up. It shows, like, <laughs> it shows the wheel. And it's, like, bent. Yeah, like, like, Wendell's made of cement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She literally has to carry the bike to the restaurant. Yep, and she's got, like, a scratch that's bleeding on her head. She's really messed up from this accident. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, we see the three trolls made it into the park. They're walking around and they come across two young lovers um, who are like making out on this park bench. Who, by the way, look identical. <laughs> they do. They look like. <laughs> oh my god. They're both like the whitest of white, like super blonde. Super, yeah, look, very blonde. Look, look very similar. They can have cast someone with like even a different color hair or anything. <laughs> So they like knock their heads together and now they're like unconscious. <laughs> but it wasn't for not because out of the <laughs> trolls violence. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know how like before iPods existed, <laughs> you just carried around a Walkman. But before Walkmans really works, so, you know, like mainstream. You remember how people just used to carry around boom boxes apparently for their hot dates on the New York City Park benches? <laughs> Hey, so Elizabeth, yeah, so this guy, he has a boombox with him, and the trolls, like, <laughs> grab it, and he's, like, coming to, so they whack him over the head <laughs> with the boombox, and we get our the trolls' new fave jam, <laughs> Night Fever by the Bee Gees, yep. <laughs> which <laughs> is a song that's near and dear to our hearts because of this movie, and the trolls, you'll see, they love it throughout. Um, so meanwhile, the trolls were doing that, uh, Virginia and Wendell have come to, she's walking her bike and Wendell to her, re the restaurant where she works, the front wheel's like super messed up and she realizes she left her wallet back at the crash site. So like she turns around and, um, she's like going to go back, but there's like a howling wolf noise and like, or animal noises. And so like she gets freaked out and they like turn around and she just decides to go to work. Yes. And... Tony had told her earlier not to go through the park, and she said she wouldn't, but she did. But she did. Um, oh, you know what we also forgot to say? Um, that whenever the trolls are, like, just, like, beating up these rando strangers <laughs> in the park, <laughs> that this is the first time we learn that they all have a huge leather shoe and leather shoe <laughs> fetish. That's so weird. I'll really forget Because that. they're like rifling through the, the two lovers like personal effects and like looking at their shoes and stuff and it's like 
Um, they're like pissed that one's like not real leather. <laughs> <laughs> and we never really learned if this is like a troll thing or if this is just like a troll royalty thing. So the trolls have their fake new jam. Um, Virginia, she is like, no, I'm not going back for that wallet. Um, and then they head to the restaurant. The trolls, um, or like leave wherever they were bullying those other people and like find the crash site and they find Virginia's wallet. Um, and they all have boners for the wallet because it's made out of leather. <laughs> they love it. One of the trolls, should we introduce the trolls now? Yeah. Okay. So one of the trolls, um, the oldest of which, and he's like, um, he's like a white guy. He's like brunette. Um, and he's burly the troll. And they all have, like, these really interesting monikers. Um, so Burly is Burly the Troll, feared throughout the Nine Kingdoms. And then, um... And then we also have a Blabberwort. Yes. Dreaded throughout the Nine Kingdoms. Perfect. <laughs> and Blabberwort is the female troll of the bunch. Um, and she's played by a black actress and has, like, this really fun, like, curly, orangey hair. Um, all the prosthetics on these guys, by the way, are, like, phenomenal. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. They're, like, really great, like, troll features, but then they can still, like, emote through them, and they're all their, like, like, they have all, like, crazy dentured, like, teeth in, like, crazy troll teeth, and they all talk through them really well. Yeah. Not to mention their outfits, like, their headpieces they have to keep on, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's like, really great. One has, like, a fez on for some reason. <laughs> a fez. One has a weird, like, leather. <laughs> yeah, like, a leather, I don't even know what, like, strap on his head. Yeah, like, sex thing, who knows? <laughs> Yeah, very dominatrixy. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, we have Bluebell the troll, who's terrified throughout the Nine Kingdoms, which is hilarious. He's funny, um, <laughs> and he's played by a, a black actor. So there, it's like mixed race children, and uh, Ed O'Neill relish the Troll King's obviously white. So there's some multicultural troll love happening. So I like that. Yeah, I like very that cool. too. There's a comment made later about um, your mothers would be ashamed yeah. of you. The Troll yeah. King says that. I so we know. That we know. Oh, yeah, the choking gets around. Yeah, but he loves his kids. That's true, that's true. Not his women. <laughs> so one of the trolls, um, which is Bluebell, he pulls out Virginia's ID card thing that's in your wallet where it's like, if you find this, please return too. And um, it says, please return to Virginia Lewis at 2006, number two, East... 81 Street. Yeah, because he reads like the 81ST, I guess. And pronounces it 81 So not only do these guys are they obsessed with leather, but they can't read. <laughs> Probably better than most trolls, though. <laughs> Probably is their royal upbringing. Yeah, so anytime I ever see anything that's like 81ST, I always pronounce it 81ST in my head. <laughs> um, we cut to Wolf, and you can see he's like smelled out the restaurant. Um, he can smell the meat that's cooking in there. This is where we learn that Wolf is like super duper duper into food. <laughs> yeah, like almost a little like, weirdly, weirdly into food. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so Virginia and Wendell make it to work. Um, she locks Wendell in like the supply closet of the restaurant. Sanitary. Yeah, very sanitary. <laughs> and like she's the only one who has the keys, I guess. She's like, you know, high up in this restaurant hierarchy. <laughs> um, so she locks him in there. And then we meet her work friend, 
She's like this blonde girl whose literal only character trait is that she chews gum. <laughs> and has a sweet New York accent. Yeah. <laughs> that was terrible. No, that was but no, yeah, her gum. Is, she like chews gum like like the director was like, hey, can you chew gum? She's like, yeah, sure, I'll chew it while I talk and deliver all my lines. He's like, okay, do it even more. Like, Here's like, another piece. <laughs> yeah. You're so right. But actually, you know what? She's the one who names him Prince. She's like, oh, you look like a little prince, don't you? You're right. So that's interesting. You look like a prince to me. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're absolutely right. And so they just start calling him prince because of that. So what are the odds, folks? They could have literally come up with anything. <laughs> but maybe, like you said, he was emoting princely qualities. Yeah, just because how regal he looks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Wolf decides to eat at the restaurant because of all this like good-ass meat he's smelling. <laughs> yeah, he's probably never, ever seen a steakhouse before. <laughs> yeah, and he's been in prison and not fed for the past day or whatever. Yeah. So he's probably like really hungry. Well, no wonder. And as he tells himself uh, to justify, you know, stopping off to eat, and a wolf's got to eat. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But, like, one thing that's really funny, he's, like, so he's, like, lurking in the bushes, like, outside this, like, outdoor patio seating. And he's, like, (laughs) he says, I smell dog. (laughs) And everybody in the restaurant just, like, drops their forks. (laughs) Like, you. He meant, like, I smell a dog, like, Prince Wendell, but everyone thought he meant, like, you know. The dog meat or something. <laughs> he's lagging some of our social graces. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, he's still in his prison garb. And <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember what it actually looks like, but I all I can see in my head is like serious blacks, like <laughs> striped out, but then it doesn't look like that at all. No, it's like, it's, it's like that like, weird gray beige color. Yeah. <laughs> and he's wearing like a brown overcoat. And I think he has like a navy shirt. Anyway, you can see some chest hair. Um, he hasn't bathed. He's probably yeah. stinky. Yeah, hasn't eaten, so he's hungry. So he sits down at this restaurant. <laughs> and he's like super excited. Um, uh, what's I don't know if she's ever named, but uh, Virginia's like waitress friend comes to take his order. And he's, like, <laughs> telling her all this crazy stuff, like, look, look at the oven and tear and then bring it out to me. <laughs> and um, what else did he say? He says, like, oh, I want it red as a young woman's first blush. Yeah. He gives her these really yes. weird descriptions of meat. And then at the end of it, the waitress is repeating his order. She says, okay, so you want the lamb special and eight glasses of warm milk. Yeah. It's like, well, how did he bring up milk? I didn't. Oh, yeah, weird. which is funny that they serve that. Oh, and then, um, there's like another restaurant patron that orders something funny. So I'll tell you what that is in a second. <laughs> yeah, I love that part. Um, so it switches back to the trolls, um, and we get a great scene of them like walking around New York City, and they're like, "Well, look, you know how many lanterns must they have you burning in that building? Seeing all the electricity and stuff." And uh, they're trying to cross like a busy street. And, um, like, a car just, they just walk, and, like, a car crashes into Burley and just, like, stops. Like, trolls are hella strong. Maybe it's everything from the te- from the Nine Kingdoms, because Wendell was, like, made of cement when Virginia crashed oh, her yeah, bike. Oh, yeah, that's true. And this person doesn't Maybe they just have, like, a different troll. mass or something in the, in the yeah. Nine Kingdoms. So, Multiverse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Burley stops his car and then grabs out his weapon and like stabs it. Which is like, this is a great piece of cinema there. <laughs> but he yeah. says, like, our carriage <laughs> or something has arrived. <coughs> it's funny. It's funny. Sorry to keep laughing. It makes me have to cough. Yeah. Um, okay, so then it does show. It goes back to the restaurant and Virginia's taking this guy's order and he's like, yeah, I'll have a jug of margaritas, a diet cola, and two beers. And my wife will have. <laughs> <laughs> and then Virginia hears Wolf, or no, she hears Prince barking in the supply closet. So she's like, oh, excuse me, sorry, I gotta go. 
So then she goes to make Wendell be quiet. And so she opens the door and she's like, shh, be quiet. And she sees um, written in flower on the floor. Wendell scratched the word danger. I thought, yeah, wasn't the door locked? And the door was locked. She realizes that she's the only one who has the keys. And then she's like, oh my gosh, did you write that? And he barks. So she's like, okay, bark once. And he does. And people on the pod, if you hear that animal in the background, that's uh, Alyssa's kitty cat joining us. He's our first special guest of the evening. Yes, Flynn, right? When we talk about animals <laughs> yeah. making noises. Um, so she confirms that he's like sentient and um, she's like bark twice and he does bark twice. So now she's like super freaked out. So she like takes him and they leave. They just leave the restaurant. She doesn't tell her friend where she's going. She doesn't tell her boss that she's leaving. We never see that. But that could happen, I suppose. Um, so she gets, like, super freaked out. They leave. Um. Like you said, she's she's pretty high up in this restaurant hierarchy. <laughs> yeah. She shows up late, she brings yeah. the dog, and she leaves early without telling anybody or taking one table's order. <laughs> yeah, not even one. Not even drink That guy never got his eight drinks. <laughs> yeah. What's he going to do with those four margaritas and beers? <laughs> so then um, she leaves, and Wolf presumably finishes his lamb special and six glasses of warm milk. Yeah. And then um, coerces the waitress. Um, um, he's like, oh, have you seen, I'm trying to track down my dog. And the, the blonde waitress is like, oh, so he's yours. <laughs> As she chews gum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, he, Wolf, like, um, coerces her and he, like, uses these weird, like, wolfy dominance, like, tactics on her, like. <laughs> Like, um, presses her against the wall and, like, growls at her a little bit. And she's just, like, chewing gum the whole time. It's, like, really odd. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that she gets, like, turned on or that that works at all. <laughs> but it's just, like, animal magnetism. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she gives him the address, and so now he knows, like, where Virginia lives. So he can go find her to track down Prince. What a good friend. Yeah, what a great friend. <laughs> <laughs> random stranger. Here's my friend's address. <laughs> So Virginia um, and Wendell get to her apartment and um, they notice that everyone's like asleep on the floor with sparkly pink dust on them. That sparkly pink dust, folks, is the same sparkly pink dust we saw (laughs) earlier. It is troll dust. So, but she doesn't know that, obviously. Um, She's like worried about her dad. So she like sees like a bunch of the neighbors and stuff like, like laying on the floor asleep with this troll dust on them. She goes to her apartment and um, Tony's been troll dusted asleep. Um, I don't think we mentioned this, but Tony is played by the great um, John Larroquette, and um, Virginia Lewis is Kimberly Williams Paisley. And they're both just fantastic in this thing. Yes, um, and side note, Tony is my personal favorite character <laughs> yeah, so in we'll the be, whole series. We'll be hearing a lot about Tony. <laughs> we will. <laughs> uh, Virginia spies the trolls, and guess what they're doing? Trying on shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Trying on her pumps. Yeah. They're super happy with the le- selection of soft cow leathers, and they talk about it. <laughs> Extensively. <laughs> Extensively. Uh, like sneaks up on her, and she has Tony's shoes, which are all gross and nasty, and it's like, these shoes have been scuffed and like badly cared for. Yeah, she's, she's like offended. It's like offended. <laughs> but like we get it. They're really into leather shoes. They're leather shoes. <laughs> um, this is where the trolls like actually introduce themselves. The ringleader type type guy is Burly, and then Blabberwort the lady, and then Bluebell's the other one. Um, 
But yeah, they're just like great throughout the whole episode, the whole series. A lot of comedic relief, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they ask her where, um, like, is he? And she's like, what? Like, and then they're like, oh, Prince Wendell, the dog. And they threaten to make her into shoes if she doesn't tell them. No, she is pretty brave in this situation. Yeah, for sure. She's like, that's one thing Virginia has going for her, for sure. It's like, she's very resourceful yes. and like super courageous. For Absolutely. Sure. I would totally agree with that. And like in a bind, she always like takes care of herself. Um, so she tells them that Wendell's on the elevator um, and she's able to trap them in the elevator yeah, she um, tricks him with some sorcery. Yeah. But she totally fucks up all Tony's hard work earlier. Remember when he was trying to repair the elevator and his boss was like being mean to him and stuff? So he doesn't lose his whole livelihood? <laughs> yeah. So Virginia puts, gets the trolls to get in the elevator. Is like, oh, he's in the, Rendell's in the secret compartment. Like, just look over there. And like, closes the elevator and like hits uh, Burley's arm with like a um, fire extinguisher. Yeah. And then... Uh, like, smashes the electrical panel that Tony had been laboring so hard to fix. <laughs> so now they're, like, stuck in the elevator. So the trolls, um, yeah, they're stuck and are convinced that this was a spell that Virginia placed on them. Yeah, that she's, like, a witch or something. And <laughs> so, well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> so Virginia and Wendell, they peace out and they head to Virginia's, like, super rich grandma's house. Um, Wolf, in the meantime, makes it to Virginia and Tony's apartment, and this is right just as Tony is coming to, like, after the troll dust. Um, so presumably, like, a couple, like, a couple hours later? Probably took him a while to figure out how to get to the apartment building, because even if he had the address... Yeah, he's never traversed he's never... the subways of <laughs> yeah. New York City or anything. <laughs> I mean, she does live, like, right on the edge of the park, so it's pre- presumably not that far, but they still have to, like, figure it out, so... That's true, and Wolf does have his great sense of smell working That's in true. his favor, so... Mm-hmm. His wolfy qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, so he finds Tony and he's like, Hey, I am looking for my dog and your daughter has him. I need to know your daughter's whereabouts. Um, and if you give me your daughter's whereabouts, I'll give you this magic bean. <laughs> and at first Tony's a little skeptical. <laughs> yeah, he's like, what the hell? <laughs> but it's a, it's a dragging dung bean and apparently it'll grant the eater six wishes. Glorious wishes. Six glorious wishes. <laughs> and whenever Wolf is telling Tony about these, he has like a handkerchief. <laughs> that he snaps. <laughs> yeah. snaps it. It's like perfect. He's like, he like accentuates every word by like snapping it. Well, it totally convinces Tony to take this offer. That's the true. In yes. exchange for Virginia's whereabouts. <laughs> and then Wolf, uh, he sees a picture of Virginia and he goes like nuts for her. Yeah, I have like, like 16 year old <laughs> yeah. high school photograph of her. It is so creepy. <laughs> <That's> so- <laughs> but he's like instant in love with her and he's like, what a dreamy, creamy girl. <laughs> and Tony's deadpan face. Yes, it's like, if you yeah. haven't seen this scene yeah. enough times, go back and pause that because it is great. It's hilarious. <laughs> he says, Wolf says, is she tastier? What? <laughs> and it shows Tony, and he just has like this dead fan look. It's okay. so uh, funny. Okay, well, here's my uh, ex mother in law's uh, address where she's at. Here you go. Yeah. And we're like, he's her dad, dude. <laughs> but like talking about her like that. But then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, he gives them the address so that Wolf can, like, <laughs> Find his lost dog. Yeah, find his lost dog. <laughs> um, 
it cuts to the elevator and it shows the trolls and uh it's like where they're talking about how they think virginia's a witch and that they maybe they're like been put into a matchbox and have been put into her pocket <laughs> and bluebell says it's so good this is like something that we've said like i can't even tell you how many times over the years <laughs> just in, you know whatever everyday life it's relevant um especially when you're talking about like putting things in pockets or like oh check your pockets or like it comes up a lot it really. comes up a lot because we sure as heck say a lot <laughs> you do it better than i do um he says like uh, maybe she put us in her pocket oh yeah, yeah. put us in her pocket yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. and then one of them's like how can we be in a matchbook where are all the matches yeah <laughs> So they're like stuck in there like and they're like, Oh maybe we'll be here and here for a hundred years and if we um do really well, maybe we'll only have to serve two thirds of the spell instead. Like, <laughs> they love numbers. Yeah. That's, that's true. <laughs> um also, so it cuts back to Wolf and Tony, and Wolf makes fun of Tony for being poor. He's like, from your modest circumstances, I can tell you probably totally want those dung bean so you can make some wishes. What reference does Wolf have to make a comment like that? Where else has he been? I don't know. Yeah, he's been in prison. Like, what does he know? It's probably like a five-star hotel compared to his cell. Yeah. Well, it's in a skyscraper. <laughs> yeah, that you've never seen in your life with electricity abound. Once again, like, Wolf not phased by much, you know? No. It's just adaptable. Um, so he tells, uh, Tony gives him the grandmother's address, and um, Wolf takes that picture that he was, like, fawning over, <laughs> fawning over of Virginia. <laughs> um, and then he says, like, okay, here, enjoy the dragon dung bean. And he's like, okay, so what do I do? And he's like, oh, swallow it. And then it says, okay, and the first three hours are the worst. Or something. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> So then <laughs> Tony, like, straight up just dry swallows <laughs> this big ass bean. <laughs> like, this thing is the size of a peach pit. It yeah, is huge. and then he, like, just dry swallows it and then immediately <laughs> just gets violently ill. <laughs> yeah, you can hear his gurgles and everything. Yeah, then he runs to the toilet. So um, no wishes yet. No wishes yet. Virginia gets over to her grandma's house. It's like an extremely, extremely nice plush, like brownstone or like a penthouse or something. Yeah, what's that called? I think it's a brownstone. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. But it's like a super nice house. And like, Tony and Virginia have to live together on a janitor's and waitress salary. And this bitch is like living up in a penthouse and won't help him out. Or like, uh-huh. why doesn't Virginia like <laughs> live with her or something? This whole part is a little odd to me, honestly. Just the grandmother's entire involvement, their dynamic. It's really, really strange. But yeah, she's super wealthy. She's an alcoholic. Yeah. She has a dog named Roland who's really yappy. And there's like a great scene where (laughs) Prince Wendell, like the dog's yapping and Prince Wendell just like takes his golden retriever paw and bops Ronald on the head. Roland. (laughs) Roland. (laughs) Bops Roland on the head. And Roland just like gets conked out and then there's nowhere yapping. Yeah. And then there's those weird like uh, Tweety Bird like flying around your head noises. Yeah. yeah. Roland gets unconscious. It's a little strange but really funny. Yeah. (laughs) So then um, we learned some background on Virginia's mom um, and that's that she's been missing for like 12 years. Or 14 years, something like that. She left Virginia whenever, and Tony whenever Virginia was like seven. 
and the mom, her the grandma is like, oh, do you think she could be an Aspen? And Virginia's like, well, if she was, like, she might have come back by now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we learned that Virginia has, like, a tragic backstory about her mom, like, abandoning her, um, which is very central to her character throughout the show. It is. And we also get a little bit of info about... Um, just their family yeah like uh so tony i guess so like the grandma obviously comes for money and then the virginia's mom was like had a um what you would call it a like coming out like debutante ball or something yes and could have had had any bachelor in new york (laughs) and she chose tony u.s so (laughs) biggest loser (laughs) in new york city apparently (laughs) so the mom's always been like upset about that um, and then she, like, kind of berates Virginia for not having, like, her shit together, a.k.a., like, a man. But it's she's sad. a strong, independent woman. It's the year 2000. She doesn't even <laughs> know no man. No, but it's sad, because even Virginia was feeling the same in our opening scene. That's true. Movie. And she's like, I'm destined to, like, just be alone and have a quiet life. That's true. Well, it'll all change for her, folks. Don't yeah. you worry. <laughs> so, okay. So then we go to bed. The next morning... Tony, like, gets out of the bathroom. (laughs) Finally. Here's a knock on the door. And guess who it is? Who? It's his boss, Murray. (gasps) Asshole. Asshole. (laughs) And Murray's like... This elevator is not fixed, Rex. <laughs> it's even more broken. <laughs> so, it looks like somebody ripped all the wires out and yeah. bashed it into the fire extinguisher. <laughs> and you're fired. Um, and I want you and your daughter out today. So then Tony is just like livid because he's, you know, he's been a good worker this whole time. Like he's actually tried. He's done the best with what he's got. Sorry. He's not like, he's like <laughs> electrical man and a engineer. Oh, but so you true. see like green mist come out of Tony's mouth. As he says, I wish you and your entire family would kiss my ass and be my slaves forever. First wish. First wish. <laughs> and you can see, like, the green, like, uh, mist, like, go up Murray's nose. <laughs> and he's like, what did you say, master? <gasps> bah, bah, bah. So now you realize that the magic dung bean does work. Oh, my gosh. So now Murray and Murray's entire family are totally slaves <laughs> and want to kiss his ass all the time. <laughs> A great, great bit. Yeah. Uh, the trolls still in the elevator. They haven't made it out yet. Um, <laughs> and then uh, it, it goes over to um, the grandma's house again. And we see Wolf's there. He has like a big bouquet and he's clutching that picture of Virginia. It's like one of those um, frames where it's like, you know, two sides or two frames that are like bound on one side. Like, so a, like panel. a little book. Yeah, like yeah. a panel frame. Mm-hmm. And it, so it has two pictures of Virginia in it. Um, and he is wearing like a, a new outfit. So we don't know what the hell Wolf did during this <laughs> nighttime, but he has now like, like his hair's all brushed. And let's just talk about that hair for a sec. Let's. Yeah, classic, <laughs> beautiful, voluminous, gorgeous, dark hair with a little, little sprinkling of silver at the temples. Yes, and it looks great throughout the entire yeah, he epic. Has the best hair of the whole time, I want to say. He does, for sure. <laughs> Um, but we don't know what he did all night. Presumably, he had to go like rob some store to get this outfit. He's probably like at a buffet. Yeah. <laughs> a buffet. <laughs> Maybe he went to like a buffet for dinner and then went and got this like suit. So he's wearing like dark pants and like a um, like a navy sweater and like a blazer type thing. So he cleans up pretty good. Yeah, he's looking nice. Um, so uh, Virginia's grandma opens the door and she is a sight. In the morning, <laughs> <say>. <laughs> That's a very nice way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> have her makeup on or anything yet. Um, 
That's verbatim, folks. Yeah, that's verbatim. <laughs> um, so <laughs> she answers the door, and he's like, hello, I need to see uh, Virginia. And she's like, uh, who are you? And he's like, oh, well, I'm Virginia's suitor. And she's like, what? We were like, I was literally telling her last night, basically, that she's, like, so horrible for not having a guy in your life. <laughs> and um, uh, Wolf's like, well, most women are just uh, modest and wouldn't brag about dating the heir to enormous fortune. Yeah. Um, which totally wins over the G-Ma because, you know, she's super rich and into money and stuff. All she cares about. So she's like, oh, well, well then why don't you come in? Um, and then we flip back to Tony's apartment. Um, he is looking in the refrigerator and he's like, you know what would be nice? I wish for never ending supply of beer. <laughs> great second wish, Tony. <laughs> yeah, way to use those wishes. Really great. <laughs> Greatly. Um, so then he like opens the fridge again and there's like one more beer and he's like, what the hell? And then he opens it again and it's doubled. So now there's like four beers. He opens it again. There's 16 beers. Oh man. Where's it going to end? Yeah. So he gets like real excited <laughs> and like grabs a bunch of beers and goes out into the living room. What's Murray and his <laughs> folks up to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he goes to the living room and, uh. His boss, Maria, he's, like, been polishing Tony's shoes. Bob Wart would be excited. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, he's like, Master, can I, like, clean these one more time or something like that? Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, and then Tony's like, uh, let me see your tongue. And <laughs> Marie holds out his tongue. And it's like, black. <laughs> He was licking shoe polish. See, I never understood that. I always thought he was just licking the shoe clean and, like, that was dirt or something. But I think you're right. I think he's, like, put shoe polish on it and was, like, licking the polish off or something. Maybe Tony told him specifically to do that and is, like, trying to poison (laughs) it for being so horrible. But, yeah, that was a little confusing. So, anyway, he's, like, just all over, like, wanting to do Tony's bidding. (laughs) Um... Murray's mom is there. She's like 90 <laughs> years old. She's like. Also in a suit. Also, yeah, in a suit. Yeah, what is up with this whole family? Every single one of them is in a suit. They're all pompous assholes. <laughs> so, Murray's mom, she's trying to like repair the front door that got knocked down by the trolls. So, she's like. But she's like weak and feeble and stuff. So, she she can't she, hold it. she's like pinned against a wall in the store. Uh, and she like. I think. She, like, mentions hearing people in the elevator. Yeah, meanwhile, you see this just, like, stream of people start coming into this apartment. Yeah. And Murray asks if he could kiss Tony's butt again. <laughs> and Tony's like, you already did this morning. <laughs> so they literally want to kiss his ass yeah. forever. <laughs> forever. Um, Tony then wishes for his third wish. Do you remember what that one was? The third wish. Is that where he wants... Um, money? No, it's one before that where he wants something oh, to clean yes. the apartment. Okay, so he has this harem of slaves <laughs> yeah. known as the Murray family. And yet, for some reason, Tony's third wish is to have something to clean his apartment. Yeah, but he could just literally order every single one of these people to clean it for him. It would be more productive than licking his shoes. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> but regardless, I mean, Whatever. Yeah. Tony's life just needs to be a mess, so it's going to happen. But uh, the way the Wishmaster grants this wish is by um, empowering the vacuum cleaner. Yeah, so it becomes soul. like kind of like a smart vacuum cleaner. It is like, it has like speech. Like it's like, okay, okay, here yeah. we go, here we go. Like, like, like. <laughs> it's like a room of the night. Yeah. A room of the that kind of talk. Yeah, so it's like, it's just a vacuum that's like all now, like enchanted to clean and stuff. So it just starts like sucking up things around the apartment and things. So 
Um, we switch back to Wolf. Um, he's made it inside with the grandma, and uh, he has her sitting in her jammies, and she's like <laughs> sitting in a roasting pan on the table in the kitchen, and um, and she's like all tied up, like like really well. Like one, where did this grandma get these ropes? Like, is she like why she have them? Why yeah, why she have like a shit ton of rope in her house? And I highly, I highly doubt he brought it with her. So grandma just had, you know, she's ready for anything. She got to throw a rope out the window to shoot me down. She has one. Um, so I can totally be why she has all that rope. That would make more sense. Than I mean, it's like Roland's leash. It's just like a piece of rope. Hella, hella long. I don't. Know, I can't picture her even walking her dog. I think she probably gets someone to do it. So uh, the grandma's all tied up, and sitting in this roasting pan, and has like a gag on. And Wolf was like having like a mental breakdown, like uh, because he feels like so guilty about like uh, you know eating this grandma, but at the same time like needs like is feeding into like his need to like just he's born to gorge. He says, yeah, born to gorge. <laughs> Some major character development for Wolf happening here. We can finally see this like dichotomy in him, of yeah, <laughs> loving to eat and gorge, and then hating at himself for it. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, he grabs like the salt shaker and is like, <laughs> like putting salt and pepper on her and stuff. And then we get a classic, classic line that Alyssa and I have been saying for literally 20 years. Anytime it comes up, anytime, it's not relevant at all. And we just feel like saying it. <laughs> yep. And that is that Wolf is trying to find the perfect herbs to spice the grandma with. And Alyssa, you deliver it. And he goes, <laughs> what do I have to work with here, people? Three-year-old dry herbs. <laughs> so good. So he's very upset by this situation. Yeah. He's got green ropes, but horrible herbs to work with. And this grandma needs some herbs because she looks very uh, gamey, I guess. Oh, I don't know. yeah, gross. Like all the people he could possibly eat that he's come across. She doesn't look the most appetizing. No. So he's struggling with his decision. Um, but then he hears Virginia. Um, like, get up and say, like, Grandma, like, do you want some toast or something? Like, good morning, do you want some coffee? And so he runs out of the kitchen. He runs to the grandma's room, dresses up as her, then hides in her bed. And so this is where we get the classic scene of Virginia coming in and finding the grandma and being like, Grandma. And, you know, like the fairy tale, like, what big eyes you have, what big whatever you have. But Okay, so this is our um, tie into yeah, the fairy tale The world. fairy tale, yes, of the Red Riding Hood and the Big Bad Wolf. Yeah. Um... And Virginia is kind of a bitch in this scene. I'm sorry. She just yanks those curtains back. Like, That's true. Like everybody wants to be woken up like that. Or and something. we already know her grandma's like a serious alchemist. It's like a horrible hangover. That is so true. So Virginia goes into this room. Wolf is hiding under the covers, kind of like uh, like whimpering or like going like mm-hmm, like just kind of responding as the grandma. And she's like, "Grandma, come on, let's get up." And like rips back these curtains open. Yeah. And then like goes to look at the grandma and. And, like, pulls back the covers and Wolf, like, jumps out of the bed and is like, surprise! <laughs> really scary. <laughs> yeah. Super scary. Like, total home invasion. Like, oh my god. But he yeah. has, like, a butcher knife. 
Um, so he hops out of bed, he has this butcher knife, he, like, corners her, like, on the bed, and she's, like, screaming and stuff, and then he, like, stops because he smells her, and is, like, insta-in love, mm-hmm. and he's like, your picture didn't do you justice, you are, uh, like, super beautiful or whatever, and you smell so good, um, eating so... Eating is off the question, or off the... <laughs> yeah, eating is, you're not even on the menu anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but... Is grandma still on the menu? I think so. <laughs> One of the classic lines he says while he's holding the butcher knife and is, like, looking at her, but now he's like, okay. I can't eat her because I'm oh. obviously like in love with her. He's like, how did this get here? Yeah, he only tries to like play it off like he wasn't almost about to chop her into bits and yeah. murder her and her grandma. <laughs> uh, but once again, um, showing that she's no damsel in distress, she hits him on the head with a vase and like runs away. And she opens one of the grandma's windows from her penthouse apartment. Um, and, like, grabs his broom and, like, manages to, like, knock Wolf out of the window. Yeah, she's being consistent with the whole, you know, resourcefulness. Yeah, for sure. Scary resourcefulness scene. Um, and her story arc is, like, like, she's not a damsel in distress who needs rescuing. She's more, like, someone who will, she takes care of herself, but, like, she won't let other people help her. Mm-hmm. So, over the series, she learns how to, like, trust and learns how to let people help her and stuff. Yeah, she gets her walls broken down a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, but she was a badass and she like tossed this random stranger out on his ass, <laughs> like hit him with a broom and knocked him out of this like window. So he lands into like a soft pile of garbage. Thank gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then she goes, um, to find the grandma and finds her like t- trussed up in the roasting, <laughs> the roasting pan. It's like, potatoes. grandmother. <laughs> and then it like cuts. You know, back in the day when that was on TV, that was a huge commercial, commercial break. break. Yes. <laughs> with, like a huge cliffhanger. Speaking of commercial breaks. Oh yeah. Speaking of commercial breaks, folks, we're at a good, uh, stopping point. Come visit Beantown, the beaniest town around. Located in the picturesque southwest region of the Fourth Kingdom, Beantown is sure to delight the whole family. Enjoy a tour of the Jack the Giant Slayer Museum where you can listen to the Golden Harp Stale recital and see some of the treasures Jack brought back from Giant Land. Be sure to take time to stroll the museum gardens where the stump of the Great Stock still stands. Visit our many local shops where the kids can pick up replica magic beans and adults can sample a wide variety of locally grown bean products. After a fun-filled day in Beantown, rest your head in the finest inns of the Fourth Kingdom, all of which offer complimentary bean and bacon breakfasts. Don't miss our upcoming Prince Wendell Coronation Festival. We'll be putting the final touches on Prince Wendell's coronation throne and invite you to join in the fun. What are you waiting for? Visit Beantown today, the beaniest town around. Paid for by the Beantown Office of Tourism. messages from our sponsors uh, okay so where do we leave off um virginia's rescuing the grandma okay so it switches back to tony 
And there's like, like I kid you not, 30 members of Murray's family at his apartment. <laughs> yep, they're just packing in. They're like doing chores and like just like milling around. And People have suitcases with them, so they're planning to stay for a while. They're all dressed really well, just in suits. <laughs> yeah, three-piece suits. And then like a lot of them are like on their knees, like following Tony around, trying to like like vie for positioning to kiss his butt. <laughs> I feel like if you just let them do it and get it over with, he can move on. Yeah, just like let him kiss it and then like, like But he gets real frustrated. He doesn't yeah. want all the kissing. He should make him like kneel in a line and then just like go down and like move his little butt in front of him. Yeah, what's that called? Um Oh, they do it in hospitals. At like a receiving line yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> um okay, so then <laughs> Murray's, like, super attractive wife is there, also oh. in a suit. Yeah. Um, and uh, Tony's, like, real creepy and is like, Murray, I'm gonna go buy your wife some underwear. <laughs> okay. This, I have to say it. I'm sorry. I love Tony, but this line, it makes me feel a little gross. So yeah. I just pretend he doesn't even say it because it kind of takes away from who he is as a person. <laughs> yeah. Because he's not really a slime ball like this, you know, like... I'm sure he's a horn dog, but he's not like a slime ball, you know. No, he's got to respect women. Yeah. So anyway, he was like, "Oh, we need some spending money so I can take Murray's wife shopping." Once again, this whole family is fucking rich. They own a building. Why not just ask Murray for his credit card? No, no. Instead, instead, um, Tony's like, "Okay, I wish, Wishmaster, I wish for a million dollars, or how about a million dollars?" And then right after that. Um, the doorbell rings and um, he's like cool I'll go answer the doorbell and he answers it and then there's just like a like a really nice leather bag <laughs> like, like yeah. an old doctor's bag or something <laughs> just like filled with cash um, so he like <laughs> stuff to the brim yeah he pulls out some of the cash and this is another classic line that Alyssa <laughs> and I have said over the years <laughs> our first Tony line yeah <laughs> He pulls the cash out and he goes, say hello to Benny. <laughs> <laughs> so anytime there's ever been someone named Benny or Ben or any time that we've ever had a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> maybe even a one dollar bill. Maybe we don't care. Anytime we have paper money in our hands, <laughs> we say, say hello to Benny. Say hello to Benny. <laughs> so let's set the scene too, because while this is happening with Tony, he's getting this money. There's some things going on in the background. Yes, so first of which is, so remember that beer that you wished for? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, exponentially growing every time someone opens and closes their refrigerator <laughs> door. It started to like shake and like, um, it's trying to like, like eject the beer out of this, out of the fridge. Yeah, there's too many <laughs> beers in the fridge now because so, they can't keep it closed for some reason. They're like exploding and exploding out. And then also we see that the vacuum has started to be a little unhelpful and is just sucking up random stuff like the curtains um, and it's like comically full, like the bag is like, <laughs> right. like yeah, like super big. Um, so then, uh, let's see. Wolf gets up out of the trash. Um, we see him kind of come to, and then um, he's like, like getting up out of the gutter. <laughs> he's like next to the psychiatrist's office. So the psychiatrist, who's like this older lady with like a cool, cool glasses and like a cool accent. Um, she mistakes him for, like, a referral client that's supposed to be dropping by to, like, schedule an appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But before she he goes inside and talks to her, it switches back to Tony. And, um... Oh, no, wait. I think they do the exercise. So whenever Wolf goes in and he's like, um... You know, she's like, okay, so what brings you here today? And he's like, oh, you know, I just don't know what I'm doing here. I'm very confused. And he's literally talking about doesn't know what he's doing in the Tenth Kingdom. <laughs> and because he fell out the window, he yeah, he's like, yeah. some concussion <laughs> problems. He's probably just jarred. A little bit. <laughs> so, but she thinks he's like, you know, having an existential crisis. <laughs> so she's like, okay, let's do a word association. And, um... In, <laughs> we had our first special um, audience member um, from our live studio audience, which was our wonderful, loving mommy, who is always down to help us with any project we ever wanted to endeavor upon. She's our biggest supporter and fan, <laughs> and probably. Fan. <laughs> so um, we're going to give you guys an oral treat, and you will be able to um, hear us play a game with her um, right now. So for our next segment, we have our live studio audience member, our mom! (laughs) Hello. Thank you so much for joining us, Mom. My pleasure. Today we're going to play a little game. Remember that scene, Alyssa, where Wolf goes to the psychiatrist for some reason, and they do that word association? (laughs) So you're going to say what the psychiatrist said, the word, and then Mom's going to say what she thinks Wolf said as his word association, and we'll see if she's right. Oh, okay. So Mom's guessing what Wolf said, not giving her own answer. Oh, let's do both. Question. Who's Wolf? Like one of the main characters, oh. mom. Okay, just kidding. All right, let me go. I'll think about okay, that. Okay, so then. first, main yeah, main, main character. character. He's a wolf. Just think that he's been in prison. Now he's out. He found his lady love. Um, he has a lot of wolfy attributes, pretty okay. much. So, well, you can tell us what you think he said, and then give us what you would say, and then I will reveal what Wolf actually said. Okay. Okay, are we ready? Yes. Melissa, give us our first word. Word one. Home. Body. That's what you think he said? Or that's what you say? I think that's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> that's right? Because that's what came to her mind first. That's what came to my mind first. Okay. Me. Yeah, what he would say is home goods. Okay. <laughs> like that? Like that? Second word. Coward. Howard. That's what he would say. Howard the coward. <laughs> it's our mom's maiden name for anyone wondering out there. <laughs> so what do you, do you think he would say Howard and you would also say Howard? <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think we would both say that word. <laughs> All right. The next word she gives him is wedding. He would say jinxed. What would you say? Bells. I like it. Okay. The next word, dead. I would say dead head. He would probably say dead as a doorknob. <laughs> okay, the next word is sexual. What would you say? Feeling. <laughs> what would Wolf say? Feeling. <laughs> wow, you and Wolf have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah. Okay, last word is love. You. 
<laughs> is that what your answer or what you think oh, Wolf's that's answer? My answer. Um, we'll see what Wolf would say. Love sucks. Okay. All right. Now, also, you reveal the real answers. We have home. Oh, <laughs> okay. You have those notes. Oh. Sorry. Okay. Coward. Chicken. Wedding. Oh, close. Cake. Dead. Meat. Sexual. Appetite. <laughs> Love. Doing anything fluffy. Yeah. <laughs> and we weren't sure what doing anything fluffy meant, so we thought maybe he said chewing. But we did watch the scene like 20 times, and it was not revealing at all, so we just went with doing. <laughs> well, good job. How many did Mom get right? Mom got none right. <laughs> well, that's okay. She wins the prize for being our live studio audience member. Yay! Yay! No, you. she did great, and I'm actually going to analyze her answers and see what we can come up with. Good idea. What it means psychologically about her. Oh, gosh. But those were great guesses for someone who's only seen it once. <laughs> Thank you again, Mom. That was hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> She's such a good sport. She really is. <laughs> um, so, uh, Wolf finishes the word association exercise. The psychologist is like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is the most bizarre patient I've ever had. Yeah, and then um, Wolf laments about how he is so preoccupied with food and, like, blames his parents for how, like, um, he was brought up just, like, eating, eating, eating. And um, he doesn't know, like, he found Virginia and feels like he's in love with her, but he doesn't know if he wants to love her or eat her. <laughs> and the psychiatrist is just very confused. <laughs> yeah. She kind of takes him seriously, but then doesn't, because that's a scary thought for her. But Yeah. <laughs> luckily, they don't interact again after this scene, I don't think. No. Um, so it switches back to Tony and all the Murray family members are bowing to the master. <laughs> They're puckering up to kiss him. And then all of a sudden the police raid is home. <laughs> uh, the police arrive as the fridge explodes and the vacuum sucks up the curtains. And catches on fire, I think. Yeah, something definitely catches on fire. Um, it turns out that, m- that million dollars that just showed up on the doorstep, um, it was stolen. It was like a bank robbery or something. And they think Tony did it. Um, and there's like a really great scene where Tony's like, all these people can vouch for me. I'm just here hanging out, enjoying a beer with friends. <laughs> and then the whole family is like bowing to him. Master. Yeah, they say, yes, master. And they're like, have their hands like they're praying and they're like bowing to him. It looks like a freaking cult. It's so funny. Yeah, the police are definitely getting the wrong idea about Tony here. Yeah. And then it cuts back over to the shrink's office and Wolf is like committing to changing um, and to not be like a bad guy anymore. He's done like so many horrible things, but now he's like turning a new leaf because he wants to be a better man for Virginia. So this is kind of like, um, I guess like a play on like the big bad wolf. Like he's not really the big bad wolf. And even though he thinks he is, he's trying to like change his tune. Yeah. Um, and then next we see Virginia. She and Wendell are now in Central Park. Um, she's taking Wendell back to where they met and is like, this is just too much for me to deal with. I'm going to drop you off wherever we met and then you can just like have a nice life. (laughs) Um, Wolf finishes up at the shrink's office and she kind of like ushers him out the door because she's tired of dealing with all this crazy shit. Yeah. But she gives him like a book list to read. (laughs) That might help him. <laughs> and this book list, 
these books come out so much <laughs> out the movie. They're so funny. We'll so pay get, attention to those. Yeah, we'll get there next episode. <laughs> um, and then Tony gets apprehended by the cops. Um, what are the trolls up to? They're still in the elevator. Yes, and maybe they got out. No, I think they're still in there because we haven't seen them get out yet or anything. You know, I bet the cops let them out or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if it ever shows them. Um, but yeah, folks, we made it through like the first, uh, I think, 45-ish minutes of the Tenth Kingdom. Woohoo! Uh, we've really enjoyed going through it play by play and giving you our <laughs> wildly hilarious commentary. <laughs> Very insightful. Yeah, it's been great. I cannot wait for episode two. We have some exciting things happening in that episode. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess we will um, make sure to touch on the couple of items that we always wanted to bring up. Yes, yeah, so these are going to be our ongoing recurring themes, and we'll bring them up and just kind of chat a little bit about them. Our first one is our fashion corner. Ooh, yes, which we've named. Later, we'll meet this great character <laughs> named Lord Rupert. Who's um, <laughs> really a side character, but he's great. He's one of the best side characters. <laughs> um, and he's, like, planning Prince Wendell's coronation back in the Fourth Kingdom, but he's obviously homosexual. Um, We're just very... But he like, yeah, I guess he could just be like, well, whatever. I'm not judging Lord Rupert, whatever. He is like <laughs> in charge of the coronation planning and um, he is like very fashionable and is always worried about color schemes. That was like a really great line <laughs> about that. Um, but anyway, we've named our fashion corner Lord Rupert's fashion corner because we think that he would care about fashion as much as we do. Oh, absolutely. You know, he's setting the standard in the Nine <laughs> Kingdoms yeah, for what's sure. fashionable. He definitely has like a really cool pink like suit on or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little handkerchief. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, fashion corner. Let's see, what fashions did we get into? So, pretty much. Um, we see Virginia's outfit and this folks is her one outfit she wears the entire film <laughs> except we are not kidding <laughs> we are not kidding except whenever she gets to change twice for like two different scenes but it's in the last ten minutes of the movie <laughs> the entire journey she goes on she's wearing yeah. this outfit so but this outfit is like very versatile it's like really great she has a skirt she has tights she has these really cool like like Doc Martin boot type things, yes. like combat boot type hiking perfect boot things. Boots. Yeah, perfect boots for traipsing around the Nine Kingdoms. Sweater, a, like the blue blue sweater, yeah. the white tank top, and then she also has like a navy overcoat with a really pretty like fuchsia lining. Yes, I wanted one of those. Coats Me too. So bad. <laughs> I always wanted shoes like that too. Well, that um, might be easier to find than a coat. Yeah, than that long coat. <laughs> um, so she's in that outfit pretty much. The, well, exclusively for the whole film. <laughs> but she mixes and matches, like, she takes off the coat and just has, like, the thing, or she ties it around her waist, or she does whatever. Yeah, Later, she gets, true. like, a hair accessory. Um, she has, like, a little ribbon thing. What are first impressions on the outfit, though? First impressions, um, love it. Looks like a late 90s, early 2000s outfit to moi. Um, it's very versatile. I like the blues. Kimberly um, Williams Paisley has really gorgeous blue eyes, and I feel like they did good choosing blue outfit for her. Yeah, definitely. She looks gorgeous the whole movie. For sure. Um, okay, next. <laughs> Tony, we see, uh, <laughs> doesn't have as good of a fashion sense as his daughter. <laughs> no, not nearly. But he does start off the movie in a uh, janitor jumpsuit. That's true. Or some type of, you know, workman style <laughs> yeah. jumpsuit. Um, canvas, so it looks like super gross. Uh, but and he, he's wearing, like, 
I'm going to say, like, jeans and then just, like, a button-down shirt, right? If you had a dad in the 90s or early thousands, <laughs> just picture how they dressed. And that is exactly how Tony's been dressing this whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, Knee-high socks and everything. <laughs> Wolf, we um, saw his prison garb, and then we also saw his new outfit, which he stays in pretty much the whole movie. It's, like, the dark pants, the sweater, and then the coat, overcoat thing. That's true. I never thought about his um, continuous outfit. Mm-hmm. But he definitely cleans up nice, like we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, Prince Wendell wears just like a like a royal like outfit. It's like a white suit type thing, like a military suit. Almost looks like um, Cinderella's bow, Prince Charming type Absolutely. suit. Absolutely, that's exactly what it looks like. And then, so Dog Soul Prince Wendell wears that mm-hmm. a lot um, yeah. throughout the movie. And then um, Diane Weist, uh, her character, the queen, she has crazy good outfits in this movie. Yes. Um, they spent all of their wardrobe <laughs> on Diane Weist. Yeah. <laughs> and the prosthetic makeup. Yeah. Her outfits are cool. Her outfits are really cool. She always has like great collars. I'm like, I want to say the stuff she was wearing in the beginning, she had like a, like a green cape. Yeah, she wore in, a prison. She didn't have to wear a prison uniform. That's weird. No. I didn't notice that until now. Maybe she magicked it in. Yeah. She's like, I'm not wearing that crap. I don't look like serious black. Seriously, for all of her visitors and the guards aren't even allowed near her, but yeah. she's going to dress nice, so. Um, the trolls have, like, lots of fun stuff they wear. It's just, like, lots of, like, leather jackets and spikes and... They have those hand um, glove things, like yes. bicycle riders <laughs> yeah, wear. Yes. It's like... It's like not sure what the functionality is for the trolls, but maybe swinging their axes or... Yeah, maybe like using tools or workman type things. Yeah, just an excuse for more leather. Yeah, for sure. And then like Bluebell, like we kind of touched on this earlier, but he's wearing this like... It's like a leather strap that goes around his head, but also across the top of his head. And is like brown leather with like silver. Um, what are those? It's like holes, like like um, chain links almost, but yeah, they're bigger. Uh, yeah, it's just a very odd headpiece. Yeah, if anyone knows the technical name for what that is, <laughs> yeah. if it is a technical, or if they were accessory? like, oh here, here's a weird leather strap. Let's just tie it around your head. <laughs> yeah, we can't top this guy's fez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, Yeah, that's a good fez on. But it's great. It's great. Um, Works for the character. Mm-hmm. Who else do we see fashion-wise? We talked a lot about suits, three-piece suits, so that's just yeah. Murray and his yeah. uppity, you know? Family, they all have some good 90s suits. Virginia's grandma's robe. Yes! Murray <laughs> 90! Oh my god! It was so crazy! <laughs> she is trying to look like that uh, girl's best friend or whatever. I that out, but what is that movie? She looks just like that. Like, mom used to watch it on in black and white. She comes down like a big, really big staircase. It's like the fanciest nighty in the whole world. It's like um, fur collars, like gauzy type, um, uh, like long sleeve white and pink, right? Yeah, it's like a sheer see through pink robe mm-hmm. with white faux fur cuffs. <laughs> yeah, and like, a collar. It's like really weird. <laughs> Very strange thing for her to be wearing living alone you know yeah. <laughs> she's just a fancy ass rich lady she yeah. wants to look nice but accessory wise i do love her cigarette stick holder yes. thing yes oh my gosh i'm so glad you brought that up she has like one of those like 1920s like cigarette holders that like makes it like really long and away from your face just super fancy stuff. yeah she's, she's just from another time yeah really <laughs> all right who else do we have i think that's all 
Really? Yeah, those are all the main. Um, maybe the Troll King. Oh, yeah, the Troll King. Um, he's wearing just like leathery type stuff, too. And does he have a crown on? I want to say yes. He has something almost like bluebells, but it looks more like a crown. Okay. Yes. It's like jaggedy. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, okay, well, that's it for Lord Rupert's fashion corner this episode. Lord Rupert was not too impressed with these <laughs> first outfits, but there's more to come. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next let's talk about the music of the Tenth Kingdom. Um, the score for this it was written by um, Anne Dudley. Um, so there's a lot of really good orchestral music, but there's also some fun stuff that gets put in, um, just like references to music and things. So the best one that we touched on this episode was for sure the Trolls New Fave Jam. <laughs> night Fever. Night Fever. Night Fever. Night Fever. Night Fever. <laughs> <laughs> So the um, the song that plays like in the opening credits, because I guess whenever this was aired, it was like two hour um, increments, like over five nights. And so it had like an intro um, where, you know, it shows you like the what is that called? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I know there's a technical name. name for it, like just the little intro for a TV show. Anyways, yeah. it's this really awesome song. It's called like Wishing Wish Upon a Star. Um, but the only uh, drawback, it's like five minutes long. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but did you know that this show won an Emmy for outstanding like opening title? No. Yes. So opening title. Opening title. I guess that's what okay. it's called. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Well, but it is really cool because it shows um, New York City, and then while the song is going on, it's like wishing on a star to follow mm. where you are, uh, wishing on a dream. Um, so it's tied anyway, to the plot. it's like kind of tied to the plot, yeah, fairy taleish. But while she's singing that, it's like New York City is like transforming into like as if it were in the Nine Kingdoms. So like the Empire State Building like grows like tr- um, turrets and looks more castle-y, and then like Central Park overgrows and like some of the skyscrapers turn into mountains. And, and a giant comes a giant comes over walking over it for some reason, and then there's like the river turns into like this big huge gorgeous waterfall. It is, it, okay, I'll give it that. It is a great um, visually pleasing scene. But I agree, it is very long, so I usually skip it when we rewatch. Yeah, it. I usually do too. But this goes through, I did watch it, and yeah, it, it holds up. Mm-hmm. The graphics are great still. Yeah. I see why it won. And I will say, I did used to put, that was a complete banger back in like 2001, <laughs> um, and I would put it on all my mixed CDs I used to make. <laughs> Think it got any other airtime other than your mixed CDs of that movie? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Write us at yeah. WendellRadio10 at <laughs> gmail.com if you also listen to that song over and over. It was good. Right when it plays, you know, yeah. oh, you're about to sit down and watch one of the best movies ever. For sure. <laughs> all right. I think that's all the music. Um, next, let's touch on the fairy tales that we kind of like got glimpses of through this 45 minutes. Yeah, this probably won't be an exhaustive list. I'm sure there's lots of fairy tales out there that could tie in, but yeah. those main ones. Well, obviously Snow White, because yeah. we had Snow White Memorial Prison, Wendell Snow White's grandson, um, the Evil Queen bit. Um, and then we saw a bit of... We saw Red, Little Red Riding Hood. Right, with the wolf in the hole, like, pretending to be his, her grandma thing. Um, what about wishes? That could be, like, 
Aladdin, I guess, like the wishes. Yeah, I bet that does tie to a specific fairy tale, but... I don't know it. I don't either. Uh, The ties with the fashion, obviously, Cinderella. um, Mm -hmm. I think Wendell was characterized to look... Like very, like, um, classic fairy tale prince. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. that role. For sure. What else? Um, You know, what's interesting is, like, in um, fairy tales, usually, like, trolls are, like, like, I'm thinking of the ha- troll in Harry Potter, the trolls in Harry Potter. They're yeah. just, like, big and, like, blundering and, like, don't, aren't very smart and are just, like, very basic kind of animals. But in this one, like, they care a lot about fashion. <laughs> yeah, only um, They can read, um, They're although they do smart. pronounce letters wrong. They're more, like, yeah, human, yeah. humanoid, I suppose. Yeah. Like, they're creatures. Less, yeah, less creature-y and more, like, human. Um, so we kind of touch on those. Um... Bean Town, we've learned, is um, great place to visit. <laughs> yeah, great place to visit, and uh, that's the site where Wendell and Giles were originally heading to before uh, Wendell got abducted at the Snow White Memorial Prison. And Bean Town is apparently the site where um, the bean, like Jack, threw the bean, and like the magic stock grew. So we kind of touched on uh, Jack and the beanstalk a little. Wow! So there's already quite a few just yeah. in this first bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all, yeah, I can think of. Yeah, me too. Well, stay tuned for more because there's just tons of fairy tales in this thing. Yeah, and the way they blend them all together and... Yeah. They're kind of new and refreshing, you know, but still those classic Time aspects that yeah. you love. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. All right, and now it's time for the most, some would say, the most important segment <laughs> of our podcast, I and that is... Say. The hot or not. We should play that Mary fuck or whatever. Yeah. The trolls. <laughs> no, thank you. Right. <laughs> okay, so we will um, give you the scoop into who is hot and who is not in the Ten Kingdoms. So why don't we start with Virginia? Obviously hot. Hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She's gorgeous. Also, another hottie to the max is Wolf for sure. Mm-hmm. And then a sleeper hit. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say sleeper. <laughs> Alyssa, why don't you tell us where Tony ranks? Tony is the hottest older man ever. Okay? <laughs> he's caring. He's loving. He looks nice. And if you watch the special commentary on the DVDs, he also has that silvery hair that, you oh, know, but I like. the ladies find attractive. Yeah. <laughs> So yes, he's... well I would put him on my not list, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about um, Wendell? I don't know. I cannot decide with Wendell <laughs> if he's hot or not. What do you say? I say not, just because like, <laughs> I mean, he's a human, but he has a dog soul. So like, all of like when we see the human Wendell for the most part throughout the film, he's like acting like a dog, which I find not. Yes. <laughs> But yes. the actor who plays Wendell is fine. Like, he's attractive. <laughs> but that is such a great point because, spoiler alert, at the end, um, when Wendell is granted his body back, he is so much more confident. Mm-hmm. And then I think he's really hot when yeah. he's, like, in control of his kingdom. And especially, like, yeah, before he was just, like, a pompous, like, ugh, I can't go hunting and I have to go meet <laughs> with my constituents. Oh, God, yeah. And that's that? just not attractive either. No, stop whining. So we'll give Wendell a knot for now, but he might be hot later. Yeah, and personality does factor in. Yeah, so. for sure. This isn't just about physical looks or anything. <laughs> okay, let's do the trolls. <laughs> uh, relish the troll king. Goes, he gets on the hollows too. 
He's authoritative. I mean, he's powerful. I will. He does love his children, which I find hot. Like yes. that's a nice quality in a man. <laughs> that he's like a good dad. Yeah, maybe he could probably use braces. Um, <laughs> yeah, if, but if we were troll ladies, we'd be like all into him. Exactly. And then as far as the kids go, I'd say that Bluebell is the hottest. Yeah, I can second that. <laughs> and then Blabberwort, the yeah. girl, and then Burly. I really think Blabberwort has some, I don't know, she is one of those, um, a girl you wouldn't really call beautiful, like harsh, so she's pretty in that sense. Gotcha. Like, ang- I don't know, angry, sort of. <laughs> yeah, with all of her troll features. <laughs> yeah. But she might be on the hot list, eventually, for me. Okay. Oh, um, Who else? we're missing, t- we need to do another hot. Who else is? Well, I feel like we went through all the dudes. Is that the main, all the main ones? Mm-hmm. We did the trolls. We did Tony. We the did... queen? Oh, the queen. Hmm. I would give her hot. Yeah. All her, her outfits. outfits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's just so, like, commanding and, like, I don't know, fearsome. Absolutely. Fierce. She's feared throughout the night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, that's great. What a great segment of Hot or Not. Yeah. <laughs> Riveting. <laughs> oh, sorry. Giles. Giles. Everyone's favorite manservant. Yeah, he dies in the first two minutes. I'm going to give him a nod because of all the spikes coming through his body. Yeah, talk about gore. This is very gory scene. Yeah, so I was like, not. like legit bloody. That's probably the most bloody thing in this movie. I w- yeah, actually, I think you're right. I gave it that PG almost thirteen. And rating. folks, this is like a five second scene. It's like not even <laughs> <laughs> like really that prominent. <laughs> but he doesn't like to say the name Giles. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Especially with like a British accent. Yeah, the way the prince says it, Giles. <laughs> Ooh, and then one thing we should um, talk about is all of like the scenery or something, like landscapes and stuff, because there's just like, some gorgeous scenery later. Absolutely, the mm-hmm. sets in general, or just the yeah, know, especially cool. like the outside, because there it's also it's a lot of it's filmed like outside, like they're traveling places, and you get these like really great shots of mountains and rivers and like little towns and all that kind of stuff. But we're not there yet. So, so far we've seen New York City, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. And we've seen some Central Park um, cuts and... The flashbacks to the prison. Um, the castle's pretty cool looking. Yeah. Actually, when they show that uh, prison for the first time, that is a great scene mm-hmm. as the carriage with Wendell's riding up to it. Yeah. Because it's like, comes to like, um, you see it kind of built into the, not built into the mountains, but it's like kind of nestled in the mountains. Yeah. That is a gorgeous one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the scenery is definitely something we'll have to talk about and um, possibly share some information about where those scenes were actually filmed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great idea. Um, <clears throat> Alrighty. Well, we are at the end of our episode, so let's wrap it up by saying if you want to write us, please do. We'd love to know. Um, what do we want to know? We're curious about who your favorite character is and why. Yeah, and if you send us an email um, about that, we might read your email on the show. So email us at wendellradio10 at gmail.com. The other thing I wanted to mention is that um, we are obviously huge fans of the Tenth Kingdom, but we know that there are other fans of the Tenth Kingdom out there we don't know any personally, <laughs> but I did join a Facebook group called the Tenth Kingdom Connection. Um, so we'll post um, in that Facebook group whenever our episodes 
um, air. We're going to try to um, air an episode a month. Um, I think we'll, it'll take us about 10 episodes to get through all of the plot. So just check back um, on, yeah, the 10th Kingdom Connection Facebook group for new ep- for notices of new episodes. Um, and just for a great community of like-minded folks. Yeah, there's a lot of like memes that people make up, um, a lot of great discussion for just a series that you know everybody loves because it's so great. <laughs> it is great, and it really um, transcends time. It does. <laughs> if people like, can still have that much to say I, about it, I know. Twenty years later, <clears throat> you know it was a great film. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think that wraps it up for us for this week. Alyssa, where can we find you on the internet? Nowhere. <laughs> Don't contact her or even try. No, I should have picked a pseudonym for this podcast. <laughs> but Brianna, where can we find you? You can find me um, at WendellRadio10 at gmail.com or on Instagram at Brianna underscore rules with a Z. Um, so yeah, hit me up on there. Um, I guess I could be contact on Wendell Radio 10. Yes, that's true. So yeah. If you got any news for me or comments, yeah. <laughs> send them there. Brianna will vet them for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that was our show. Any, any other last commentary? Nope. Coming to you live from the fourth kingdom. <laughs> yeah. It's Wendell Radio. <laughs> Okay, so you know when uh, Tony eats the dragon dung bean to have his dragon dung bean wishes, and he gets <laughs> six of them, um, I thought it'd be fun to all share what our wish would be, just one, not six, um, if you took a dragon dung bean, and then you can reveal how you think it would go wrong horribly like all of Tony's went wrong. <laughs> okay, that's fun. <clears throat> all right, so who wants to start us off? Our live studio audience member is also joining us for this round of questions. <laughs> yeah. Yay! Welcome, Mom! Welcome, Mom. Okay, Mom, share us. What is your dragon dung bean wish? I would wish for long, straight hair. And how would it go horribly wrong? <laughs> I'm short, curly hair. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> All right, mine, I would wish to breathe underwater. I love mermaids. That would be awesome. I could just breathe underwater forever and go swim. Mm, that sounds fun. I think it could go horribly wrong, like, if I grow really ugly gills, then I have to, like, hide Ooh. with a scarf my whole life. <laughs> or if, like, then I could only breathe underwater forever and just had to, like, live underwater the rest of my life. That would stink. <clears throat> Become a fish. Yeah. All right, so switch yours. Those are good wishes. I would wish for a horse. A horse. A pet horse. <laughs> cool. A horse. <laughs> and there's many ways I could go wrong. Really what? old and slow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and ride yeah. in there. All dusty and stuff. <laughs> you should have to walk your horse around town. <laughs> that or... <laughs> what if it was like two guys in a horse costume? <laughs> that I have to ride around the yeah. rest of my life. <laughs> okay, yes, that would be a horrible, horrible end of that wish. <laughs> All right, well, classic segment here on the pod about dragon dung bean wishes. <laughs> here on uh, whatever. Wendell uh, Radio. Wendell Radio. <laughs>